Salvador Pombomarito and Buenos Aires Felemenisti, and welcome to the MLM podcast with me, your host, Max Lombardia. And today I'm joined by my number one co-host, Gino. Hello, mate. Uh, it's a hello. It's a it's an absolute pleasure. Number one co-host. It's well, there you go. Number one, absolutely. Thank you. Absolute <laughs> number one. Um, and guys, today this episode is brought to you by Malia Tulde uh, for all your current and retro football kit and tracksuit needs. You can find them on Instagram at malia.capture2023 and you can direct message them for any orders. They've also started doing trainers. Um, well, have they? All right, sne- okay. Or sneakers or kicks or whatever the hell you call them. Um, but there were some really nice Air Forces on there I saw today. So get your money out, people. Um, right, so lots to talk about today. Um, I'm going to call today's episode um, the Milan Roller Coaster. Um <laughs> Because we've all been on a bit of a roller coaster in 2023. And just when you thought that the roller coaster was starting to stabilise, it flipped us upside down, backwards, a couple of spins. Uh, and I still find myself hanging from the ceiling. Um, so let, let's talk about this. Um, let's talk about the good side of the roller coaster, which was this absolute fantastic uh, game, at, game of the Champions League against PSG at home. Um, so look, we... The stats didn't look good going into this game. Bottom of the group. Yeah. Um, hadn't won a game. Hadn't scored a goal. Um, sort of some good performances. Um, really, really rubbish performance away at PSG. A lot to prove. Um, a lot of, a lot to prove from individual player performances, from our coach, uh, who had under a lot of pressure. Um, and just, you know, in general, Milan, seven-time Champions League winners, looking a bit mediocre in what is essentially their own back garden. Um, so we went into this game um, a little bit on edge. Um, how, do you, how did you feel going into this game, Gino, based on sort of coming out of that loss? And I, I mean, we, we spoke about it at the time, and, I, and you even asked me for a prediction on that Monday. And I couldn't give it because I said, I said, I don't know which way this could go. We could lose, we could draw, we could win. I thought we were going to draw only because I still think PSG are a joke team. <laughs> do, do you know, does that make sense? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. You, you kind of, what are they really tested against? So, I know the French League is not good. I know the Italian League actually isn't good. I've I've had to accept and admit that now, after many years of fighting against it. It's not good in the sense of the... It's two very different... Okay? The French League is because the interest isn't there. Right, they are they are a rugby nation. They are a bull nation. They are a nation of. Oh, this is where I could go all Jeremy Clarkson and get banned by any of your listeners, but I don't care. Um, farmers who strike. Okay, it's it's not a competitive league. The reason why the Italian league is no longer competitive is because the money in in infrastructure is not there. The money from TV rights is not there. So it's a vicious circle that the league can't keep developing. It is not in the halcyon days of the early 90s where we had Italian 90 and that's where our league developed. 
Okay, I know I'm going off a little bit off topic, but I think it's important to give some context here. And that money kept the Italian league running, I th- I think, actually well into like 2007, 2008. Okay, even after, Cal- you know, uh, the, the 2006 football scandal, the Italian league was still producing the results. It was still getting its European finalists and winners, which we were, 2007. We're the last Italian team to have won it, AC Milan, the Champions League. So, not Inter, don't forget. Inter. Oh Christ, I forgot Inter. I know, shine I know, a light. I know it hurts, but unfortunately. <laughs> sorry, sorry, my bad. Terrible. Zio Gino's made a faux pas there, but do you know what I mean? I don't. I don't yeah, intend to not count anything they do. But no, well, but, try not to. But you know, I mean that. All right, that was the treble. Uh, that not a treble, but that was that uh, Inter side under Mourinho, right? Which was. Again, yeah, one of the best football teams ever assembled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. As much as it hurts, yeah, we can't can't deny it. So you know, it's the, the Italian league is different to the French league. So that's why I thought we were, we we could have got a draw because I just don't see their quality apart from their star players. But yeah, I thought we could have draw. And PSG didn't have a great start to the season either. Um, They got got back on form uh, towards Mm. sort of playing us. Um, But no, they they didn't have a great start. And you're absolutely right. The competitiveness of the UB Eats League is not... I still don't think it's as competitive as Serie A, despite the the quality in Serie A not being where it should be either. Um, So you're right. You know, you see PSG and you think, what PSG is going to turn up? Is it the world-class one? Is it an average one? Is it one that can't quite beat a Brest or beats Brest in the last second? That sort of thing. Mm. Um, so yeah, completely skeptical. You know, we talked. You said draw. I said loss. I didn't. I genuinely didn't think, having watched that Udinese game, how yeah. on earth we were going to go play PSG in the Champions League at home. In, that was in it. That yeah. Fashion. I just. I just couldn't see it. However, credit where it's due. Fantastic game. So, what we'll do is I'll, I'll just run through the game a uh, lot. Like we always do uh, just from the key moments, and then we'll talk about sort of how what we thought of the game. So, look, we, we started a... We actually went back to the 4-2-3-1 in this game. Um, something you called out loads of times. So, we went to Magnon in goal. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Magnon in goal. Calabria, uh, Chow and Tomori and Tio Hernandez at the back. We played uh, Musa and Reinders in those back in that sort of back two double pivot. Uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek in the CAM role. And then we had Pulisic on the right, Giroud in the middle and Liao on the left. So it was, and, you know, I think that's probably the best possible team he could have put out um, with what he had. So for once, fair play to Pioli, put the team exactly how it should be on the pitch. Um, And, you know, if I just pull up PSG's um, starting 11, so we thought there wouldn't be too many changes from the first game, and there weren't really, to be honest. They started, obviously, uh, Donnarumma in goal, uh, Luca Hernandez, um, Skriniar, Marquinhos and Hakimi, Zero Mu, Boateng, Vitinha, Mbappe, Kualamani and um, Belli. So virtually the same, if not the exact same, actually. Yeah, the exact same. Um, yeah. So look, we, we knew what was coming. Uh, we knew what we had to, what was at stake. We had to absolutely win this game. Do or die, really. Do or die. Um, and a lot and of we money, showed up. Yeah, and we did. Yeah, we did. And a lot of money riding on it as well. Um, a lot of money. So, a lot of money. We we went 
So look, the game started really well. Um, it was it was an end to end game. Let's be honest. Um, some absolutely fantastic football. Big European occasion. Um, we might as well start by saying so the choreography and the way that the fans set up the stadium was absolutely sublime. The atmosphere in there was electric. And we can't talk about the atmosphere without talking about the big standout occasion. So, uh, as most of you would have seen, um, the Cordova decided to sell Dollaruma tickets or Dollaruma pounds <laughs> or whatever the hell they're calling them. Um, they were quite cheap. And I, from what I understand is the money raised goes to the like, Roberto Baggio uh, Cultural Foundation. So, yeah. And I think the tagline is to invest money in our youth so they don't become like him. Um, <laughs> basically yeah which basically is, which is hilarious um yeah. and then um essentially what happened is just before or just after kickoff they decided to throw all the all the money towards the pitch or the fake money towards the pitch and on the fake money you found a picture of uh Gigi donnarumma and the number 71 which i believe in folklore is um the mercenary number is that right it is it is from um, tombol uh from tombol yeah that's right perfect so it, it the scene was already set um, if you add on to that every single time the boy touched the ball, it was like booing, like really, really strong booing. Um, to the point, I think he stopped going behind the goal to get the ball and waited for the ball boys to give him the ball. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Look, um, I know a lot of fans from other clubs think it's distasteful and they've all had their opinion on it and we should move on and blah, blah, blah. We didn't get a chance to, to do this. I know it's been a long time since he left. But yeah. we've, we've never played PSG uh, at home. So no. this was always going to happen. If we really want to go into the context of it, Inter got Lukaku back after, what, eight games? Um, and they had a massive hoo-ha about the whole situation as well. And let's be honest, that Lukaku didn't grow through the ranks at Inter Milan. He didn't make his debut at 16 for Milan. He didn't piss about with a contract renewal before and then piss off with another one afterwards. Precisely. And, and essentially leave for money. Maybe Lukaku. I don't think Lukaku left Inter for money in the end. But So j just before the others all start to you know get involved and have to put their two pence in. Um, anyway, we started the game really well. Um, Rinders with a great chance. Uh, <laughs> another one. <laughs> in, the, in the sixth minute. Um, some really good work from Loftus-Cheek. Um, and, and a smash over the top, basically. Yeah. Um, then we get into the eighth minute, uh, and this is flip coffee table moment. Um, <laughs> eighth minute, um, yeah. another save. Um, great, great run by Liao. Cuts it back to Loftus Cheek, who literally smashes it over. I'm thinking, how on earth have we had two chances this good in eight minutes? Um, yeah. And again, it's typical Milan doing the thing, doing the work, not getting the reward. Yeah, And then the full flip coffee table and volley across the living room moment happens in the ninth minute where Milan Skriniar scores uh, off a corner. Um, really, I've got, you know, mm. he was amazing and we'll talk about that, but really crap defending from Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Literally just leaves Skriniar on his own. It's a sort of, um, it's a header on from Marquinhos and then a tap in really for Skriniar with his head. I, I, Mannion can't do anything there. There's, I don't think he's got any chance. Um, and PSG go ahead and, you know, it Easy, isn't it? Here we go again. <laughs> We've learned it's, it is, it, yeah. <laughs> you could see it coming, but the thing is, you could see it coming. Yeah, you know. What did you, what did you feel after that goal? I was literally like hands, hands in my head, like you know, head in my hands, sort of thing. Well, it was just, it was another, it was just, a, it was too easy. The the the, the screen yard goal you're talking about, yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Far too yeah. easy. Far it, it was too just, easy. it was just, just too easy, and it just felt like, it just felt like, oh my god, this could be a, a, an absolute drubbing because it was, it was counter to what we had done, right? We'd had them on the back foot pretty much, and it was counter to 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 to, to what we had established. So when they scored. It was just, I was just thinking, oh my God, l- let it be less than six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, because as well, because of the performances that we've had, and I'm just thinking to that Napoli match where we were leading 2 0, and then we capitulated and we lost two, and we drew two all. I'm thinking of the previous Paris Saint Germain match where we lost 3 0. I'm thinking of the. Intergame, it's like we concede, and therefore we do absolutely everything to just expose as much of our weaknesses all at once. You know, in order to get the in order to get the goal back, and and I think you can do that if you're the 1970 Brazil football team, or like the Galacticos, the early 2000s Galacticos, right? Where if they score four, we'll score five. But with us, we can't do that. You know, we 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 just don't have that number of goals in us because of the way we're set up. So I I I did panic. Oh my god! I I, I think I sent you a message, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, 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 you did. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I was uh, to the listeners. I was messaging Max uh, some pretty inflammatory. Um, yeah. statements so uh yeah fantastic which is, which is perfectly normal by the way <laughs> perfectly normal yeah people yeah. before we get the old milan reactionary fan thing it's normal to get annoyed when you can see the goal there's nothing wrong with that um it's, it's just because it's so easy i'm just yeah. looking at it again it's just drop the mark just yeah oh, exactly God. exactly um <laughs> the good thing was we didn't relent so literally no. straight away 11th minute Calabria, uh, who had a great game, gets into that, gets into that um, right-hand side, puts a low centre cross in towards Musa, who almost a bit like Ruben Loftus-Cheek, hits it first time straight at Donnarumma. That's in the 11th minute. And then 12th minute, finally, after, what, the fourth match uh, in the Champions League, yeah. we score a goal. So um, it's uh, a Liao run, again, up the wing, into Giroud. Giroud takes a quick shot. Donnarumma makes uh, a sort of reaction save, but he palms it quite high up in the air. Yeah. As it comes down, Liao finds himself on the box and he bicycles it into the back of the net. Um, in, in the goal is Marquinhos, Skriniar and Donnarumma. So he does really well to get it into the goal. Yeah, um, It's a great equaliser. It's exactly what we needed. Um, and Liao runs off shushing half the crowd. Uh, yeah. and I, know that, I know that's not to the crowd. That's to the journalists and all the people that talk nonsense. Um, but really great to see, really well worked goal, deserved goal, um, uh, and great for Liao as well. Who really he needed a goal. He definitely needed a goal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what did you think about that? I, I was I was stunned. I, I did not expect it. I just I just um, I was like you didn't expect it. I uh, it's not people kept on talking. It's an overhead kick. It, okay, it's. Yes, it's an overhead kick, but it's not really an overhead kick. It's somebody effectively trying to sit on the ground to overhead kick it. 
you know, it was kind of one of those. But great reaction for him to do it. What was better was the fact that it was the way that it was kind of set up in that Liao drew the players to him to allow the Giroud shot. Um, and that is because of the tactical basis of it. So great goal. First goal in, what, four games, like you said. Um, and it, it it was just nice. It was just nice to score against Donnarumma. Just lovely to score against him. And Skriniar, who was also in, like, falling over him in the back of the net. It was just, yeah, just lovely. Lovely. And in the old sort of cliche uh, phrase, what a difference a goal makes. So, yeah. um, look, PSG tried to get going. Um, they had a load of chances. They were spamming us really after that. Mm. Um, they had one shot uh, off the bar um, where Dembele does really well to cut Oh, in. God, yeah. yeah. Great <laughs> strike. He has Manyan beat, uh, beaten, but lucky for us, he hits the, yeah. um, the frame of the woodwork. And then mm. he gets himself a yellow card. Because he's a bit, he's on Tomori, he's lunging, he's throwing himself around. Mm. Um, there's a um, great save um, by Donnarumma on a free kick from Tomori. Uh, he hit, I didn't think it was hit with power or venom, but it was hit quite accurately. And it forces Donnarumma to sort of scramble across his goal yeah. to make a good save. Um, the PSG frustration kind of grows in the first half. They pick up another yellow card. So it's two yellow cards. One to Vitinha and one to Aguate in the midfield. Mm. And we're going to half-time at 1-0. Uh, and I definitely felt uh, we were the better team for the first half. Uh, we really drew on the fact we were at home and we really used the crowd uh, to our advantage. Yeah. Um, kind of went into half-time thinking, right, that is that is a great half. Right, we screwed up the corner. We conceded a goal. We need a second goal. Where's it coming from? Um, so we obviously no changes at half-time. Uh, team come out, all guns blazing, um, which is really good to see. Again, really up for it. Um, and essentially, we score the second. So it, it starts from a Pulisic cross from the right, which doesn't really meet anyone. Mm. Ends up all the way the other end, the left-hand side. Liao's on the floor. Giroud doesn't get to it. Theo takes one touch and delivers an absolute peach of a cross uh, over to Giroud. Great leap, um, literally stands Skriniar down and heads it way past Donnarumma. Um, it's a fantastic centre-forwards goal, uh, and we take the 2-1 lead. Um, what did you think about that goal? I mean, it was incredible, wasn't it? It was just the way the way he kind of mugged Skriniar, I can't say his name ever properly, Skriniar off, was just uh, mugged off is a, is a British expression for those listening who does it it basically means took you know took advantage you know in in the most brutal of ways um timed it perfectly actually he he jumps later so he's given himself more time to know how to put his body across screen um screen i can't jesus uh, across that defender um, but it's the power, the venom in it. It's because he's timed it so well. Great cross, great finish. And it just really just, it winded them. It absolutely winded at PSG. I, I think that, you know, it's, if you're 2-1 behind, you always think, well, we can get a goal back. Yeah. However, I think the nature of how that goal came about 
and and it was a bit counter to play as well. It just kind of knocked them for six, and I think then we had control of it really. Um, although there were many more minutes of added injury time, so um, yeah, great finish. Yeah, and and what was so what is really good to see about this game? Uh, I'm sure you'll, I'm sure you saw the same. Is finally an in-game tactical change. So once we scored the second goal, we 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 stopped pressing. We stopped pressing so high. Yeah, we weren't so risky. We nope. left Ruben off his cheek to do the counter-attacking, and he did it very well. And he drove the ball forward very well. And we defended um, and we put a few men behind the ball. And we didn't play ultra defensive, but we but we, we adopted a style to try and see the game out, which we haven't seen in Serie A yet. I don't know why we haven't seen it, but we haven't. So for me, that was really important. And I think that's what ultimately won us the game. Um, so for the rest of the game, you know, Inter, you know, not Inter, excuse me, PSG throw as much as they can in it. They, yeah. stick, they stick Ramos on, they take Kalamuani yeah. off. Um, they stick uh, Fabian Ruiz in for Aguate. They put uh, Lee in for Vitinha. They put McKaylee in for Hernandez. They make loads of changes because Hernandez, I think, was on his way out. That's uh, yeah. PSG's Hernandez. And I don't know if you saw him completely take out Loftus Cheek when he when Cheek, uh, Loftus had completely done him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what he's arguing about there. That's a yellow card. If anything, that's a yellow. That's a pure yellow. Yeah, uh, absolutely, isn't it? Um, then we get a free kick. It's another good save from Donnarumma. Musa gets himself a yellow card. They have a chance, but nothing massive. Screenyard gets himself yellow carded. Screenyard shouldn't have been on the pitch. I'm not sure how on earth Screenyard stayed on the pitch. He made a last man horrible tackle. He was hitting people, he was elbowing people. He eventually gets a yellow card in the 80th minute for dragging Liao down, um, which I just couldn't believe how he was still on the pitch. I, you know, in this day and age, in the VAR world, a player that's committed that many yellow cards, um, yeah, fouls, yeah. still be on the pitch. Yeah. Then we made, some, and then I, I think if I had to have a criticism of Pioli in this game, is he left it far too late to make substitutions. Um, we'd lost a bit of freshness. Uh, we yeah. needed some changes. He did make them, but I thought they came too late. Um, so we saw, you know, like Musa come come out in the 84th for Krinic. Okafor <laughs> came on for yeah. the hour in the 85th. Yeah. Um, you know, Krinic. Uh, we've got yeah we're talking about that separately come on yeah yeah yeah. yeah. move on yeah right let's move on right Musa done a great job Quinch comes on Okafor comes on for Liao great Okafor um, then forces a great save from Donnarumma he kind yeah. of cuts in slices it it's a world class <laughs> save unfortunately it is. there's not much we can say it is and we just dragged the game out basically um, till the end Florenzi comes on at last for Pulisic that sub should have happened way before the 92nd minute Pulisic is absolutely done over and he ends up being injured as well. Um, mm. So, yeah, it caps off a fantastic game. Our first three points. Uh, that's more points gained in one game of the Champions League than the entire month of Serie A for us. Yeah. We we stick the three points on the board, which leaves the group. Uh, luckily, Dortmund beating Newcastle, a very injury-ridden Newcastle, but still yeah. nevertheless. And it yeah. leaves, leaves the group wide open with the possibility of any team being in any position by the end of it. So you've got Dortmund on seven points in top, PSG second with six, Milan third on five, and Newcastle fourth on four. Um, 
just mental. They call it the group of death for a reason, and it's definitely sort of living up to that. Um, we've got we've got Dortmund to play at home in the next game, and we've got Newcastle to go away to. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you take away from this game? For me, I take away Calabria. I thought he was sublime. Got done a couple of times by Mbappe, but he, but he did his job for the rest of the game. Um, yeah, you know, he's he's Kafu when it comes to these games. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. Same with Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I don't know where that came from, um, but it was... Did you see the meme of it going around where it was, they superimposed his face on Rude Hullets? Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> but but it was, wasn't it? He yeah, was, it really... No, but it, it <laughs> really was. was. It really it was. was. perfect. Um... What, what do you think about those two in particular? And I'll, I'll let you sort of talk a little bit about what you thought about the game. I mean, yeah, Calabria, it, it's... This is the problem of wanting to get rid of Calabria. I think Calabria, if you were to go back 10 years, you'd say he's almost like an equivalent of an Abate. Right? Because... It wasn't that we had a world-class right-hand side when Abate was playing, but Abate really improved. I think the difference is Abate's um, ceiling uh, and floor. So, that you know, spoken about this concept before, you know, Abate was much more consistent, whereas Calabria can spend 10 games being brilliant and then two games being absolutely dog shit. And yet in this PSG game, he was focused, man. It's like when we played Napoli, you know, uh, uh, Kelly. He's, he's, he's pretty much dealt with him single-handedly. I think there are certain games. I think he's like one of those big game players. Um, and I think... I say that, although his performance against Inter was pretty abysmal. Um, I, I just, I just thought he had such a such a strong game. So it becomes this really difficult conversation of, well, what if we get somebody on the right hand side who is technically better, right? What do we lose by not having a Barte? And I think a Barte kind of get, he brings personality you know, onto the pitch. A bit of that, you know, always combative nature. So, great game. Wait to see, again, if that consistency stays. Um, that's that's going to be telling. And then the other aspect of it, so the other, other, other one is, you know, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I mean, man of the match. Plain and simple. Um, he did all the... He, he did... So much of the hard work, so much, and he—it was—it was accurate. That meme was accurate. He—he he was like Gullet, you know. For those that never got to see Gullet play, Gullet, when Gullet was on it, Gullet was one of the world's best players. Undoubtedly, I thought that night what he managed to do to to really kind of overshadow that that link through to Mbappe because Mbappe, listen, we're, hey, Mbappe, nobody saw. What did he do all game? He had one or two, one or two little moments, but they weren't clinical. You know, 
Mbappe was silenced. And I think it's just because the team performed so well. And I think it is a tactical thing. I think that 4-2-3-1 is how we best play. So, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, man of the match. I mean, that was one of the performances of the season thus far. Um, out of any of the Milan players, it's something that really stood out. Physicality. He was also very clever with the ball. Very clever in buying time. Very clever in terms of bringing the ball away from danger. Um, he really, I mean, he nearly scored as well. He had an opportunity, didn't he? He, he leant back. Yeah, yeah, he did. And, yeah, yeah. You know, so, so again, where he was positioned, where he was putting himself, it was all spot on. Perfect game. He, for me, he defined box to box midfielder in this game. Yeah, he showed us exactly why he should be there. And in the last game, we were, you know, they bullied our midfield. You yeah, Zaire Emery, we made him look world class. I mean, he's a good <laughs> yeah, player. yeah. In the, in this game, he didn't really get a look no. in, did he? And what I thought as well is not only was Ruben Loftus-Cheek really good on the ball, not only was he good aerially, he's so tough. They were like bouncing off of him. Mm. Oh um, yeah. He he was absolutely fantastic, and and him playing that way, the actual proper box to box way, then gives Rinders and Musa the ability to fill space, cover the cover the areas we didn't cover in the last game. Musa is an engine, so yeah. he will he will just run and he will cover and he will tackle and he will pass and he will do yeah. everything that he needs to do when he has played the right position. Well, that's another conversation. Yeah. So. What he brings that, and I'll be honest, what he brings that Adley and Krinich don't is that he, he will just keep going regardless. Yeah. Um, Adley brings technical prowess. I don't know what Krinich brings other than side <laughs> um, And before, you know, it, and yeah. before the moral high grounders kick in and you're not allowed to say this, you're not allowed to say that, I have loads of respect for Krinich. We've talked about how good he can be as a utility and a, and a mm-hmm. versatile player. Yeah. But if you want to beat PSG in the Champions League, don't play him because it's quite clear he isn't one of the top three midfielders in our team. Um, so the uh, top, I mean, yeah, the the top three played. Now I know that there's injury. I know there's consistency issues with Ruben off the cheek, but if he doesn't start when he's fit, then I don't know what the hell is going on. Um, so yeah, great. You know, good good goals as well from Leon Giroud. Giroud really needed a goal as well, um, and he did well to get it. And then obviously Leao, like we said, I mean, he ends up. Leaving with the man of the match award, doesn't he, uh, for his goal? But you're absolutely right. I, I completely agree with you. Uh, Ruben off the cheek, definitely man of the match. Yeah. Um, 100%. 100%. Um, any, any any bad performances this game from anyone? No. I mean, look, the, the biggest thing that, st- that stood out to me that Udinese game, we were devoid of energy. And in this game, it looked like we'd taken all of our vitamins. I'd never seen a foot. I've never se- I've not seen a first half of football like that in quite some time. End to end. Every time we every time the ball was in possession of the other team or of either team, it was literally right, the ball's gone to back to keeper. And it wasn't like, you know, it's been a 60-yard pass that's gone astray. It was it was back and forth, back and forth. And Whatever they came brought to us, we kept on delivering it back. And I just thought that was the biggest standout from for me in that first half. Bad performances, not really. No, no. Everybody, everybody stepped up. 
And, and But the reality is, Max, they had to. You don't play a yeah. game like that against Udinese at home, lose, right? And then turn up against PSG and not try. And and you can't not try with that atmosphere as well. No, like, I mean that I mean look, that whole was it always is something spectacular. But to turn it into what you know, this mockery of what they were trying what they were trying just a few weeks back. To turn it into your stopping bullets, your Neo, it's just... Can, can you imagine how much that would mess with your head if you're the opposition? It, it, like, is, it is. It's so impressive, honestly. Like, the pride you feel seeing something like that when you know it's for your team as well. You know, my um, neighbour's dog, if it, that looks at me weird, you know, I start to feel a bit all, you know, wrong. <laughs> Do you know what I mean that's a, that's a little cockapoo. So, I, you know, if you've got if you've got ten thousand people holding up something that's designed to intimidate you, that will do the job. That will do it. You will feel like you are you 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 know you're going to be burned alive. So, yeah, it, that was just that was just the most impressive thing you know i've got to say that really every single time we turn up to do those things my god is it just like you said it's a moment of pride you go that's my club that's my club yeah just absolutely fantastic so look we we come out of it finally with a win finally with some goals we we edge three points onto the onto the champions league table that we need uh nothing changes we still need to win the next two games mm -hmm. um they're must-wins. Um, Dortmund struggling in the league. Um, Newcastle struggling a little bit with injuries as well. I don't yeah. know where they'll be by the time we get to them. Uh, and I know that St. James's Park is a difficult place to go and play. Um, I, I don't know. A bit of a side point. I don't know what you think about this. I find Newcastle, or like the Newcastle team and their fans, a bit like Napoli. In, in a <laughs> sense... In, <laughs> In in the sense in in the sense that it's like a it's a big city with one real club, mm. uh, so most of the fans or most of the people in that city support that one team, mm. uh, and there's this atmosphere that no matter what what the team is and what kind of way it's performing or whatever, you're mm. not gonna you're just not gonna find it anywhere else. Um, you know, I watched a video earlier of some guy mocking. He, he wore a Juventus shirt walking around Napoli. Um, I mean, what what stupid thing to do in the first place? Um, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But you could see like literally every single person is like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I feel if you walk around Newcastle with a, you get something similar. Um, so I just I don't I, I've been thinking about that for a few days. Someone on a pod said somewhere, you know, what what club is is uh, Napoli close to? And I thought that. Although, you know, to, to get me wrong, Jesus Christ, historically, you know, league title, all that sort of thing is different level. But in terms of just that like, fan base and how it works around the city, that was the closest thing I could think of. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But I think I think that's I think that's you, because I I've being from Naples. And living so close to Liverpool. I I put the two side by side. As people, mm. as culture, 
Yeah. Um, not as in football terms, but as fan bases. Um, because, and this is where I think the similarity is with Newcastle a little bit, um, port cities. That's what they are. Yeah, Not yeah, yeah, port, yeah. But port. Yeah. Port cities. And if you think about Geordies and Scousers, there's a lot of similarities between Geordies and Scousers, right? And you've got to think, well, Neapolitans are like this. Most port cities, what are they? They they are poorer economically. Okay. Now, but they used to be the powerhouses in the industrial revolutions. Okay. So there's a similarity. Um, they they all think they're hilarious and comedians. Um, they're not, but they all think they are. <laughs> um, that you know, I'm just, this is where I'm just going to annoy so many people. Thieving is acceptable. Oh God! <laughs> right. <laughs> it's it, <laughs> and what I mean by that is it's it's this kind of it's not it's not acceptable. Obviously, but it's almost like the attitude towards it is like, well, you got mugged, that's on you. You know, yeah. that kind of inherent culture. And then you've also always got to think these are cities which I understand it 100%. It's, you know, the, the people in power don't give a crap about us. So the fan bases are a reflection of those cultures. The fan bases are effectively saying what the people are experiencing and feeling on a day-to-day -day basis. You don't invest in us. You don't care about us. We have to look after our own. We have to look after ourselves. So that kind of, of combative nature is inherent within them. So there is this kind of sense of pomp and arrogance about the way they tackle people, you know, with their with their words, with their actions, with how quick witted they are. Geordies, Scousers, Neapolitans, they've all got that quick one liner back at you. You know, you don't want to get into a verbal slinging match with any of these guys because you'll just lose. So it's. I think the fan base is more are more are more aligned, but I think that Naples, uh, you know, Liverpool one, is very, you know, my dad's always said it as well. Says, you know, the 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 the, the, the British version of of Italy is uh, is is of, of yeah of Naples is Liverpool, you know, mm -hmm. and and I and I get that with 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 Newcastle, um, I think I think I think going into Naples with a Juventus shirt on is the dumbest thing you can do yeah. but um but there are a hell of a lot of naples and inter fans in 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 uh so a hell of a lot of juve and inter fans in in naples but they're very quiet about it until game day i'm not surprised no. <laughs> having watched that video i'm not surprised <laughs> all right let's move on to the lecture game um okie dokie right so the roller coaster back to putting us backwards and upside down so look we we went into this game we, we picked up a point out of a possible nine um we we're third in the league uh behind new and into milan 
And we needed a win, right? We needed, we really needed a win. It was absolutely imperative. We picked up a win against a Lecce team away. So, looking at the starting eleven, um, purely reverts, I, I believe, back to the four-three-three. No, 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 four-two-three-one. He does play the four-two-three-one. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely right. So he starts Fanyan in goal, Calabria, Chaltamore, and Hernandez, Pobega and Krunic in the double pivot. Liao, Rinders, and Chapuese in that front three, uh, in that three there, and then Giroud up top on his own. Um, against Lecce's 4-3-3, with Falcone in goal, uh, Gendre, Poingrovic, Vascarito, and Dorgo in defence, Kaba, Ramadani, and Rife in midfield, Strafetza, Kristovic, and Banda as their front three. Yeah. So, absolutely nothing in that Lecce team that should worry us or scare us, or so we thought. So, look, we, we went into this game, um, like I said, needing the win. And we actually started really well. Um, you know, a few eyebrows raised in terms of that selection. Um, mm. The Pobega krunic thing. Um, no, it's just, it's it's the wrong, it's the wrong two. It's the wrong two. It, it's, it's just, he knew it. I think, I swear to shit, he fucking knew it as well. Sorry, I'm so sorry. I just it just winds me up so much. He knew that two was not going to work, but it's almost like I'm going to try it because I don't want to put Adley on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it just did. It's just not the right two. You're not going to get dynamism. You're not going to get through balls. You're not going to get anything from those two, which is anything but a photocopy of itself. It's like that Spider-Man meme where you've got multiple Spider-Man pointing at each other going, oh, hang on, I'm you. No, I'm you. You're like, oh, who are you? I swear to God, he looks at that midfield and he must think, how can I put Krunic in it? Yeah, and I read a bit about, you know, a need for rotation, we need to rest some players. And then it was a really small partial rotation it was only those two uh Ruben Loftus-Cheek was not fit for the game so he didn't actually feature at all um so it was only those two I believe that came in and it was for Pulisic who was hurt Um, again yeah yeah and it was four oh no it was three sorry because Chuck Wazey started for us didn't he Chuck Wazey started yeah yeah Chuck Wazey started for us um so it was it was it was Chuck Wazey in for Pulisic, and then we saw Ruben off the cheek and Musa out for Pobega and Krinic and Reinders moved up to that sort of CAM role. Yeah. Um, I was told it was for rest. Um, I, I, there's a lots of debate on the old X and Twitter. Musa or Reinders needed a rest, and therefore Krinic was playing. For me, mm-hmm. I still I still question that. I thought, why? Why would Krinic need to start? Um, why can't we start Musa or Reinders anyway? And I and I I thought and, I, and you could, and I'm fairly certain I said it somewhere. Moose is going to end up on this pitch anyway. At some point he's going to yeah. end up on this pitch. So why not just put him on, win the game, take him off anyway? So look, we, we went into the game. I was a bit nervous. I don't know what you were feeling because um, because it's typical Milan, isn't it? To lose against Sudan, beat PSG, and then not win against Lecce. That would be the typical. It's yeah, it's it's our it's our kind of run of form that we lose to Udinese, we put in an incredible performance against PSG, and it's just like just let's roll the dice, what's gonna happen here? But it would have been so typical just to have lost it. Genuinely. Yeah. So look, first thing that happens in the game, um Okafor has to come on for a Leo injury. 
I think he's done his hamstring or he's aggravated his hamstring. Um, fine is what it is. Okafor, yeah, perfect replacement comes on. Um, they have a good chance. Um, no, sorry, we have a good chance in the 14th. Uh, Pobega bursts through into the box, um, receives the ball from Okafor's sort of flick, uh, cross shot at the target, let Chase goalkeeper makes a good save. Um, and then 28th minute, the next big thing happens, which is we score. So, great bit of work from Theo, gets the ball into the middle, and it's, it's a poacher's goal. Giroud's just at the end of it, essentially, uh, and puts it in the back of the net. So, we make a good start. I'm thinking, oh, okay, you know, fine, let's let Pioli cook. Fine, this is what this is what he thought. I didn't agree with it, but it's working, so I'll keep my mouth shut. Thank you very much. Um, and yeah. we kind of carried on. We, we, were, we were all over him. We were absolutely all over him. Yeah. Um, 2-0, 35th minute. Chuck Wazy releases Rinders, centre midfield. Rinders makes a great run. He does a few players. He's a bit lucky, if I'm honest, but he deserves a bit of luck. And, and finally, he scores his first goal for Milan. Um, puts us 2-0 up. We're cruising. We're literally cruising. Another chance from Rinders. Hits the post in the 30, uh, 30, uh, 38th minute. Again, really should have scored. Super save from Magnan in the 40th. Absolutely world-class save from Strafezza. Um, Absolutely, he has no right save in that, but he does. Um, Teo picks up a yellow card before half-time, and so does Ramadani, and we go into the break 2-0 up. So, look, 2-0 up. Now, I'm thinking I'm not going to see a repeat of what I saw against Napoli. It's Lecce. We've got their number here. We're all over them. What what did Mm -hmm. you think? Thought the exact same thing. So, half-time happens uh, and Calabria, for what seems from an injury, because he's had to pull out the Italy team, um, is substituted out for Eunice Musa. What the hell? Why? I, I, I can't explain it. I can't explain it. Now, yeah. before, before we... Before we talk about this, I just again, I just want to. I listen to a lot of pods, uh, Milan ones, and I, and I read a lot of articles, and I'm always on interested in what people say and their opinions and whatever. Um, what one thing that does confuse me is there's a sort of like moral high ground that everyone seems to take as soon as you say something against Bialy. Mm-hmm. Um, like, guys, like you're safe here with me and Gino. Like, you don't have to feel uncomfortable or. Um, or awkward if you think that you want him gone. Like it's fine, by the way. You, you can you can say it. Um, or or if you or if you want him to stay. Yeah, or if you want to stay, perfect, absolutely. You are not anti Milan. No. For either opinion, um, I listen to Pozzo like, oh, you know, we should um, we shouldn't say that against him. He's going to be staying. We need to. Yeah, okay. I don't agree. <laughs> I don't agree with yeah. you. It's just my opinion. Um, I can say this looks like a rot. It doesn't seem to be going away. And this sort of substitution for me just says everything. You know, okay, so you put so Eunice Musa was supposed to be rested, given some time. Calabra gets injured. You've got Florenzi sat there looking at you. You put Eunice Musa on. (laughs) I I, I read somewhere well, it's because he wanted to match Banda's speed. What? Mbappe had Calabria. Calabria managed to hold Mbappe. What, you're telling me Calabria's faster yeah. than Mbappe? No, he's not. Yeah. But he played the game in the right way because he's a right-back. Ultimately, this decision cost us the whole game. Now, look, Jesus Christ, it's not purely on the pitch. 
doing the sillies. It, you know, Musa has to take some responsibility for what he's done. But who put Musa on? It wasn't Badrabio again. It was it was Gol. <laughs> um, oh God! So... I, just, I, I mean, <laughs> ah, sorry. I've just got this image of Padrepio just there, turning up. He I was. Just... He was there, and he was there in the room at half time. He just took over. Oh God! Right, go on. Sorry. Anyway, so Musa comes on. They make a sub as well. Gonzalez <laughs> comes on for Rafia. Um, 62 minutes of yellow card from Strafetza. Blin comes on for Kaba. Uh, Piccoli comes on for Kristovic. And Sanzone comes on for Strafetza. Essentially, this is gold dust in terms of substitutions for them because it does the absolute trick. Um, so, 66 minute, uh, Lecce pull one back on what is essentially a carbon copy of PSG's first goal. Um, yeah. Corner whipped in, um, the player not marking, and Sanzoni's in for an easy tap. Yeah. Uh, set again, pieces. Set, set piece. pieces. Spot on, set yeah. piece. And unfortunately, Musa loses his man. I don't know what he's doing or what he's watching, uh, but it's not Sanzoni. Um, <laughs> and again, and again, <laughs> yeah. again, Man has yeah. got no, ch- no, no chance, has he? Absolutely no chance. He's right in front yeah. of the goal. Um, so Sanzoni comes on and he does more damage to us in a couple of minutes than Mbappe did for 90. Um, mm-hmm. Right, so look, what do you do, Gino? You, you shore up a bit, you make some changes, you tell the team to defend, you, you know, you say, right, stop mm-hmm. running up the pitch. Um, I don't know, did he? I don't know, I wasn't there. I, I wasn't next to him, but it didn't look like it because in the six, in the 70th minute, Lecce are on a roll with Banda. So Banda equalises 2-2. You know, what happens? Theo... Supposedly gets injured in the middle of the bo- uh, middle of the circle, yeah. halfway line. He's on the floor doing his usual theatrical thing. Um, the ball comes out to Musa. Musa could kick it out. He could smash it up the pitch. He could do anything with it. He decides to try and dribble three men. Um, gets caught out. They counter, and it ends up in Banda putting it in the back of the net. Now, they are queuing up eventually because Theo yeah. is not there. So there's two or three of them in that area. So Again, Manyan maybe could have done a bit better, but, you know, ifs and buts, really. So, Lecce bring themselves back into the game within four minutes. So, all the hard work undone pretty quickly. And, unfortunately, it's kind of on Musa. Both goals are kind of his, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but kind of his fault, really. Um, What does he then do, um, Gino? He then puts on Florenzi and takes Pobega out. And puts Musa into midfield. It makes sense, that, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 So, understanding that he's made a mistake, he then changes it. I don't know why he didn't do that after the first goal, but anyway, whatever. So, I'll be honest, then we are just embarrassing. Um, it's not good for Milan. Uh, we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to score. We're trying to uh, put pressure on Lecce. We're flooding the box, but we're just not getting anything. Jovic comes on for Czechwazi in the 79th minute. Mr. Do Nothing. Uh, Musa picks up a yellow card. <laughs> they then hit the post. <laughs> they yeah. hit the post uh, in the 84th minute. Yeah. Um, a few bits and bobs happen. Then Giroud gets himself sent off. Perfect. Uh, the 90th, 90th, yeah. 90th minute. The first yellow is for descent. The second yellow is for even more descent. Now I think he mouths f off, but I'm not. I'm not quite sure. What, what did you? What did you I, make of that? 
as a as an expert in the uh, in the swear jar uh, collective, um, I think I think that is what he actually says. I think that's what he says because you see the cool of it of the word, yeah, yeah from yeah. the different angles. So I'm not going to be doing Gino teaches Italian, but you know, just you just <laughs> F off and ends off in cool a bit. So uh, yeah. 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 So he sends he sends the ref to that Baezi, as we say. Yeah. Um, and he gets himself sent off. Unprofessional. He, he's he's too old. He's too experienced for doing stupid things like that. Um, but he does. You could argue some other players and other teams do it and get away with it. A certain mm -hmm. Inter Milan midfielder by the name of Barella, who tells refs to F off all the time. Every single week. Yeah, I'm not. This is not a lie, guys. You can see it on the camera. He clearly does it. He puts his hand up in the air and walks off. It's a clear, yeah. same, fine, whatever. Giroud goes off. Um, and then in pure Milan style, what happens after that? Lecce score an absolute screamer. You can go about it how you want. It's an absolute screamer. It's a fantastic strike from, from um, Piccoli into the bottom left hand corner. Manya, I don't know what he's doing, but again, he's just too slow to react to it. Um, yeah. And, th and they get their 3-2. Now, controversial. VAR disallows it. Uh, essentially, they tell the ref to go and have a look because there's a stomp on Chow's foot by Piccolini, or Piccolo, whatever his name is, uh, in the build-up. Mm -hmm. uh, ref goes over to the monitor, watches the stomp, and disallows the goal uh, through VAR. Yeah. Now, look, I feel like we lost the game anyway. Um, that's how it feels. Um, but actually... That goal is is to be disallowed. It is a foul. Like if you play the letter of the law, that's a foul, and therefore it should be taken back, and therefore it shouldn't be a goal. Um, but I would look if I was a Lecce fan, I would be absolutely fuming because it is so such a small little thing, but it is a foul. What, what did you think? It's a foul. I mean, it's again, it's it's just the amount. Of contact, I don't. Do you know what? I've watched it over and over, and I'm still not quite clear. I think we've dodged a bullet. All, all I'm saying, I, I, whether or not that's given or not given, right, is not what the issue is with all of this for me. It's what the hell did we do again? Do you know what I mean, Max? Like, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whether whether we draw or lose that, I, I honestly don't see what the difference is apart from two points. Because that's not the bigger issue. The bigger issue is if we keep on doing it for the rest of the season, and we we have to somehow rely, almost like kind of this conspiratorial thinking of relying on VAR to get us into the top four. It shouldn't be like that. What did you make of it? What, what, honestly? What did you, what did you make of it? So when, when he scored, I didn't yeah. see any, I didn't see anything in the build-up as I was watching it that would make me think it'd be disallowed. So I turned it off, Gino. I was like, <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. Now I, I normally I will watch him regardless. It, yeah, four nil down, I watch him um, because they're our team, right? We we support them regardless. Who's in charge? Who's yeah. not? Whatever. But as soon as he scored that goal, I was like, I'm done. I'm switching it off. I've had enough of footballs for today. <laughs> this is going away. I don't want to look at it. I opened um, X up probably about 10 minutes later, and I noticed that it had been disallowed. It was actually drawn. And I was like, oh, my God, that's even more embarrassing. And then when I watched yep. it over and over again, 
He does stomp on his foot. It's not like um, people are comparing it to, you know, Atalanta Inter, the Lookman Demar. Yes. Now, yeah. Lookman's going for the ball. It's a tussle. It's like a challenge between each other to try and win the ball. Yeah. He j- he just stomps on Chow's foot. That's it. End of story. The, the, he's not on the ball. There's no. He just literally stomps on his foot on purpose. So it's a foul. It, wherever that is, that's a foul. Um, and I get the whole VAR thing. I get the Lecce fans being annoyed. I get the rest of Serie A trying to trying to say that we're robbing and whatever. But it's a, for me, it's a foul. Click up foul. Yeah. It's disallowed. It's the letter. Yeah. Of the fuck law. those fans. Sorry. If he's off, if someone's offside by two inches, they give it right because he's offside. Yeah. So it's the same yeah, yeah, yeah. principle. That do you remember that Keane goal that was disallowed for you, bro? Yes, Ab- absolutely ridiculous. But yeah. letter of the law, he's offside. It's not given, right? Yeah. So that's kind of where I am with it. For me, it, this game just encapsulates everything that we already know. Um, we know we can do it. We know we've got the team to do it. We know that we have players of quality. We know that our manager can do it because he proved it to us in a much tougher game in the middle of the Champions League. For me, we can't do two games in one week. We just can't do it. We don't make the right decisions for substitutions. We don't give our players enough rest. Mm. We don't we don't we don't make we don't seem to understand the difference. Now look, in the PSG game, you know, you know, you, you can be forgiven for saying actually we're winning. I don't want to make too I don't want to change too much. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to cause myself issues. I just want the same thing over and over again, and I'll stick them in when I can. Yeah, fine, but that did cost you in the end because you lost, you left, you lost Pulisic, you lost Ruben off his cheek. You know, Liao gets injured after ten minutes. I don't know if that correlates from the PSG game. Liao's managed to play loads of games in a row. He's quite a healthy, fit player. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where I am on this one. You know, it, it doesn't paint a good picture. We're the second worst performing team since the last international break. And that's yeah. not okay. We've picked up two points out of a possible 12. We've gone from top of the league with a point or two ahead of Inter to now eight points behind Inter and six points behind a Juve team that has, is just playing some of the worst football I think I've ever seen. But but they're there, right? Um, what what did you, you call it? Brexit ball. Brexit ball. They're playing Brexit <laughs> ball. <laughs> but I suppose they could, they could say back to me, Max, but they voted yes in Brexit, so I don't know what you're going on about. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, yeah, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have much to say back to it at this point. Um, no. You know, uh, it, it's just difficult to take um, from our point of view. Um, and, you know, Kronich, absolutely shocking game. Um, there's a there's a tweet out there. I don't know if you saw it. It literally just lists all the games in which he's played that we've lost and the games that he's not played that we've won in the last six or seven games. Really, uh, and it, it just doesn't look good. Um, it doesn't look good for him. Um, <laughs> well, s- call me surprised. Yeah. What, what do you make of this? I, I you know, what, we see Napoli sack their manager after mm. 12, 12 games, and yeah, I, yeah. I know it's a different situation. Um, you know, he's he's fourth in the league, mm. and he's. He's done much better in the Champions League with them. I know mm. they lost against Empoli, and I know they're not quite playing the fluid football that Spalletti had. Yeah, he lost Kim. Um, he's gained a player that isn't Kim. Let's be honest, in Natan, whatever his name mm-hmm. is. Um, and he's he's benching players and he's making with some students, but he hasn't had Oshiman for a few games. That's his 
best centre forward, isn't it? Yeah. Um, if we don't have Giroud for a few games, we're we're right to you know it's, well, it's not Pioli's fault. What's he supposed to do? Um. So <sighs> I'm in I'm in this I'm in this tough spot where I'm like, what what is the the next stage then? Um. So we go and play Fiorentina now uh, from international break with potentially no no Liao. Mm. We know Giroud's got now got a two-game ban, two-game yeah. suspension. Um, we're not sure if Pulisic will be back or not. Chuck Grace is mm-hmm. a little bit out of form. Yeah. Are we going to see Jovic? Are we going to see Okafor? Um, worries me a bit. What, what do you think? Is this Should we be worried? Is this just unlucky? Is it unlucky that we've done the same thing we did to Napoli? Right. Um, what, what do you think? Give me your opinion. Okay. Right. So let's break this down a little bit differently, shall we? Because there's quite a lot there. So firstly, we we discussed last time, Pioli, it, it, it's just not going to keep on going with Pioli. Whether it gets to the end of the season, whether it gets to Christmas, whether it gets to New Year, I, I don't see it moving forwards much longer um, than certainly the end of the season. Full stop, right? So the question then I want to ask you is, what do you think will it will take for Pioli to actually be fired? At this point, I don't I don't know what to answer you with because right. I'm really not I'm really not sure. So um, so based off that, then based off that, all we can surmise is that. We we don't appear as a club to have a plan for management, right? And the reason why I say that, not because we've gotten in into the it's because we've simply seen, I think, already a body of evidence which indicates unless something drastically changes... We're not willing to make those kinds of sacrifices to get rid of Pioli. Okay? Based on previous data. That's all we can base it on, right? So here's my second question. Has Pioli learnt anything this season? What, from from when we started this season or from last season into this season? From when we started this season. It doesn't. It, again, it doesn't look like it, does it? Um, the first ten games we did really well. Um, we we used the the influx of the new players well. Yeah. He integrated a new system quite well. He got some points out of some of the the tougher teams. Okay, we dropped points against Juve. We dropped points against Inter, but you can be forgiven for that. Um, you know, we beat Roma. We beat Lazio. We beat Bologna. We beat Torino. We you know beat Verona. We, we did loads of great things in those first 10 games yeah. to get us into a really good position to then start this round of, um, I'd say, maybe weaker teams um, that we were supposed to be playing. Yeah. Uh, and we've just lost the momentum. I'm not sure he's learned his lesson in terms of no. how to kill a game off. So, so there's a stubbornness there, right? And we've spoken about the stubbornness before. Let's just put it into context. We beat Bologna 2-0, Torino 4-1, Roma 2-1. Lost to Inter 5-1. Beat Verona 1-0. Okay. That should have been a hell of a lot more. 
and and, uh, and and in that game, to be fair to him, he had to do you remember because he had to change the formation massively. We had Calabria out, we had Teo out, so he went to a back three. Uh, and this is why people uh, excuse the Musa thing against Lecce. Because he had the back three, he then played wing back. So he played Florenzi at left wing back and he played Musa yeah. at right wing back. And then he had the two midfield and whatever. So it's different. It's different. But it worked. That game, it worked. It um, worked. We played yeah. a 3 4 3. That's it. Um, Beat the Cal- we beat Cagliari, and I actually thought that the Cagliari game was an indication of actually where I think our ceiling is, weirdly. Because the Cagliari game exhibited something a little bit different. It exhibited going back behind by a goal and then stepping forwards and gearing up and knowing when to gear up, right? And Okafor got his two, right? Or got his goal there. So... Uh, he got a goal there, sorry. He then got a goal in the Lazio match straight after, wasn't it, against Mil- Milan-Lazio? Um, which was 2-0. Beat Genoa 1-0. Genoa 1-0, we were lucky. Yeah, very cause lucky. Because yeah. I, I thought Genoa were... I, I thought Gilardino was do, did an absolutely brilliant job of neutralising us. The Juve match, we lost 1-0 because of a dif- deflection. Not because they were playing amazing football. Yeah. But and the actually, red card. And, and a red card. But actually, the game that I think sick defines the problem with Pioli ball and Pioli's tactical awareness is the is the Napoli game. We completely and utterly capitulated. That 2-0 lead, there's a video going around of Abate taking his jacket and throwing it into the stands, right? And looking mean as anything. Why? Because Milan, the squad, that, the youth squad that he's coaching, backed off. They slowed down. Right? You're winning 2-0. You don't want to win 2-0. You want to try and get that third goal. You want to, you know, if you, if you know you've got those people, you know, pinned, you want to do it. Because 2-0 is such an awkward scoreline to defend. I think it's, I think there's lots of quotes. Actually, there's a hell of a lot of statistics about 2-0 leads um, being overturned because it takes one goal and then a momentum, there's a momentum shift, there's a psychological shift, but it's actually more a tactical thing because then what you start to do is you start to sit deeper, but then that allows more pressure, you know, and against good teams, as soon as that pressure is on you, that's where you have the issues. You know, we lost to Udinese, a team which hasn't won all year, playing a 4-4-2. We went back to a 4-2-3-1, which we did against PSG. Then we do that against Lecce, a 4-2-3-1. And again, against Lecce, look, we've drawn two up with Lecce. We beat Roma with a a 4-2-3-1. So, I think think the questions really that we have to ask are... um, what are we going to do with Pioli? Okay, or or if Pioli doesn't leave until the end of the year, what's the best that we can expect from the team? Number one. That's one question. What do you think? I, I don't think he's going anywhere. They're going to keep him to the end of the season, I think, no matter what. And then they'll start again uh, next season, which I, I understand why they would do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we're going to scrape top four. I think we'll right. literally. Scra- I think he'll scrape it. Um, 
and again, it, I'm a little bit. I think there's loads of complexities. What if he gets knocked out of the Champions League group? He can't just. He needs the challenge, doesn't he, for the title? Um, if he if he get, makes it through the Champions League group, then third and fourth maybe isn't the end of the world. Um, I just think we're always going to be having the same conversations with this kind of style of play and this kind yeah. of in-game management and whatever, which would be, you know, losing against teams we shouldn't be losing against. Um, don't know. I, I think I think fourth tops, if you're lucky, playing like this. Um, the form, yeah. Gino, would dictate less than that, would be dictate lower if we're going to play like the last month. You know, if we're going to have a month like that every so often and we're going to drop 10 points, um, we could find ourselves in a sticky we, situation. We've won seven, drawn two, lost three. So... If the next, what's that, 12 games, we repeat the same, won 14, drawn four, lose six, uh, we, don't fin- we don't finish top four. No, we'll struggle. We'll struggle because we'll have Juventus with no European Cups. We'll have Inter with a really strong team. Um, so, and, 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 and obviously it depends on what Mazzari ends up doing at, uh, at Napoli, if yeah. that changes anything. Mm-hmm. It all depends on, as well, if Mourinho can get, you know, consistency out of that Roma squad. I don't see Lazio really disturbing. We've still got to play Atalanta. And Atalanta, Charles de Catlare is going to come back and I think he's going to dick on us. <laughs> well, that's, just, what, that's what happens though, isn't it? That's, that's what happens. happens. With the ex-players. I think, I, think, I think that's what ends up happening. I think then we all start to say, oh no, look at what we had. And actually we've got to be very careful about saying that because really the pressure broke the lad. The pressure destroyed him. Right, so I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think we should have that kind of conversation. But we know what we're like, and we know what fans are like, and we're going to be very fickle about it. So that's one question about you know Pioli and getting to where we get to. Number two, it's are we going to do anything in the January window? By the way, breaking news: Florenzi is now being questioned for betting offences. Oh, good lord! When did that come through? Just now. That came through about. Half an hour ago, I can see from my screen here. So, you know, we need another right-sided player. Kalulu's not back until February. So there's going to be movement in the market there. I think if there is anything that happens managerially, it gets handed to Abate regardless. Right? And the reason why I'm saying that is because there is a logic to bringing in Abate. Abate being the manager of the youth team, he knows who's ready and who's not ready to come into the squad. And it's the money ball kind of working in its own mysterious ways of, you know, say you save the money, but if there's a player that's got the statistics that's there to back them, then you bring it in. I think it'd be the wrong career move for Abate, by the way. Don't think he's ready at all. But, you're only ready once you're tested. So at some point, he's going to have to make that transition if that's what he wants to be, is a top-flight manager. And it would kind of make sense for Milan to look in that avenue. But now with this Florenzi thing, and I think with the sheer volume of injuries, and that's the third question. The third question is, what the hell's going on with all these injuries? We're in sync again, because that was literally what I was going to say. The th- um, that was the last thing I wanted to talk about Milan before we went on to Serie A was injuries. Go on. Um, so, twenty-seven injuries this season so far, Gino. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's compared to Inter's eight. Um, 
It's he, almost like he's sending him through an assault course and beating him with a stick, isn't he? <laughs> I do a tough mudder. He's making the lads do a tough mudder every day. Exactly. That's exactly. He must be twenty-seven injuries in one season. There's a stat as well going around. We we haven't had an injury-free team for more than five hundred days. Yeah, and 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 that in itself, right? So that's either a training methodology issue. I remember when Juve were having a bit of a, an issue a few years back, and what they discovered was the height was, was the drainage underneath their training pitch. Right, it meant that the um, it sounds so daft, but it's little things like this that sometimes can unlock everything. Um, if the drainage isn't right, the ground shifts a lot; it moves, which basically means that if you if you slide. Where if you if your foot gets caught and you twist and you twist your knee like one way, but your body's going the other way, you know you you build you pick up injuries because basically your muscles are always having to constantly adapt on the pitch, and it could be a, it could be something as daft as a as a, as, a, as a, um, a drainage issue on the pitch. I don't think it's that. I'm not sure if it's that. For me, it sounds like a lot of fatigue. A lot of these injuries are fatigue related. Yeah, they're, Hamstring. All mus they're muscular. They're all muscular. Muscular. Mm. I mean, that's that's a huge, huge fatigue based injury problem. Yeah, and and and, and a lot of people this it's a lot of a lot of sort of debate is around the not rotation, so therefore it causes injuries. Um, all I would say to that is last season we did massive rotation and we still had loads of injuries. Um, so I don't I don't think it's rotation. I, I think it is something in the training, something in the mythology of it all. Um, if you ask other people, it's just bad luck because it couldn't possibly be anything else. Um, Real Madrid... it, it, that, you see, but you see bad luck. But no, no, right. I mean, it's it's actually a serious point when people say it's bad luck. It's not bad luck when it's affecting the whole team. No, it's 27 injuries. It's not bad luck. It just 20, isn't. 27 injuries is a voodoo doll of every freaking player, yeah. right? It's not, it's not bad luck. It, there is something going on where I think that there is, there's, there's something in that training, right? The physical uh, trainers there. If I was, if I was the, the the club owner, right? If I was Cardinale or if I was Moncada, if I if I was looking at this, I'd be going, "That's not right." You know, I need to get this assessed. Well, because the, the, the rumors are that they are. The, the rumors are that Fellani has been digging around trying to work out what's going on, um, and he's apparently again, like I told you, it's just voices and just just words. They're not. There's no fact yet. But apparently he's he's questioned the training mythology. He's questioned what the hell's going on, uh, and purely doesn't want his team touched. Um, doesn't want well, to you know, I'm sorry, but tough because there's two things you're not doing right, Stefan. Three things, four things, among multiple things, you're not you're not teaching the lads about set pieces. We're conceding off set pieces. You know, more holes in us than the bloody Swiss cheese factory. <laughs> on a set piece, right? We're getting more injuries 
it's it's it, well, that's three times more the amount of injuries in Inter. Okay, and you're you're setting up the team wrong every goddamn time. So either you haven't understood how how that midfield works, or or the people that are advising you, you know, tactically, are getting it wrong. Now it's not to say that there's blame to be shifted around, but my God, you you know this whole I don't want my team touched. Tough. If the tools you're using are wrong, you change the tools. Yeah, like I told you, mate, it's speculation. There's no confirmation, but I wouldn't be surprised. That that's the kind of thing. And you know, Real Madrid have sacked one of theirs, haven't they? Because they weren't happy with the injury mm. or something. Um, yeah. So if they can do it, why can't we? Anyway, let, let's move on. Let's talk about let's talk about Serie A. Uh, let's go through some of the results, and then we'll do questions and Botti and all that. Um, so I, I, we've had enough of Milan for, for for one night, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, that's it. We've done. We're done now. We're done with let's, that. Let's let's fly through this. Come on, Max. Let's go. Let's go. So Sassuolo Salernitana two two. Uh, people are like getting a draw out of Sassuolo. Um, nothing major really in this game. A couple of goals from the same player. I, I'm going to butcher this. Thordvan. 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 Yeah. Something like that. He scored twice. Um, Dia got a goal, which is great for Salernitana. So two two. Um, Genoa beating Verona one 0 So getting themselves a really good point at home. Drag this in. They're centre back getting that goal in the forty fourth. Um, Juventus, um, Juventusing 2-1 win over Cagliari. Um, conceded a goal for the first time in quite a long time. Um, yeah. Dosena in the 75th minute. And the two centre-backs, Bremer and Regani, 60th and 70th minute. Um, again, like I said earlier, I, I hate the I don't like watching them. They're so boring. Uh, but Allegri's playing to their strengths. He's getting the three points. He's winning games. He's second in the league. He's he's breathing down into his neck. So, mm. as much as people don't like it, they're not going to complain mm. if they come second or win the Scudetto, yeah. are they? In the, so, in the in the words of uh, in the words of uh, Allegri, conosci l'ipica. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so Monza and Torino one-one. Um, another goal from my favourite Golpani. Uh, called up to the national team as well, which is really good for him. Yeah. Um, revelation. Palladino's doing really well. Um, I wish uh, great setup, Monza. Great run club, great setup, doing good things uh, on a very tight, very uh, tight budget, very tight budget, and with the philosophy around Italian players as well, which you don't see. Um, no, nope. don't see in Serie A. Um, Empoli sticking the nail in the coffin for Rudy Garcia with a 1 0 win uh, in the 90th plus first minute. Um, obviously, no washerman. I think he didn't stop at Claver. So I think he literally like buried, like literally dug his own grave, really. He um, did, yeah, he did. Bit, bit harsh, if I'm honest, his sacking, but maybe that's just because of what with what. But that 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 is like a relationship where your mate says, "Oh, go on, I think they'll be all right for you," and they're just a completely wrong person. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and he he's lost them anyway because. Um, when Politano came off, he was kicking off about being subbed. It, yeah. It's just not great for him. So he's gone. Uh, Walter Mazzari's back. Uh, he's Walter back. Mazzari, he, he's just a meme. He's just literally a meme. He's, just, he's a walking meme. I love him. Love I, him. 
did you see what he said today? Like, like his first words. <laughs> no, I didn't. Like, oh, how are you, Mister? And he said, "Oh, I'm knackered. I'm tired. I haven't slept for two days." Um, <laughs> but every, everything's great here. Now, can you leave me alone? Sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, he's already gone through like a whole stick of Marlboro lights. You know, yeah. he just... <laughs> it's just vintage Serie A coach, isn't it? Just vintage. vintage man. And another thing is, um, another vintage Serie A moment is De Laurentiis and Napoli um, announcing his official arrival before announcing officially they'd sacked Garcia. Yeah. Um, we're we're just this is ADL's world and we're just all living. We do. <laughs> we're just these extras in his films, man. I tell you, I can't wait for the next Chino Panettone. I cannot wait. Well, Garcia gets his Panettone, doesn't he? He's the first he does. One. He does. He's the first one. He's the so, first one. The first big one to go. Um, so off he goes. Fine, fair enough. Um, Let's see what he does. Um, lucky for us, Gino, that they lost because they were breathing down our necks. Yeah, fair um, play. Yeah, yeah. So Fiorentina get themselves a 2-1 win over Bologna, which is no yeah. easy feat. Bologna in really good form. Uh, Very Bonavent- good. Bonaventura con- continuing a really good start to the season for himself. Uh, and Xerxes uh, scoring again for Bologna. Uh, interesting player. Uh, Udinese getting a point out of Atalanta again this is a great result for us keeps Atalanta away from us for a bit Mm -hmm. Um, Wallace scoring the 44th and Atalanta leaving it to the 92nd minute with Edison to get level Um, so yeah and then the snore ball draw of the Derby della Capitale, Lazio and Roma nil-nil, two teams just trying to outball themselves, I don't know I I watched 20 minutes and then I turned it off, it was so boring um, I expected some blood. I expected, do you know what I mean? I expected something. Um, it, it just wasn't there. It no. Wasn't there. Did you watch any of it? No. Oh, you honestly, you've saved yourself. Did I torture. save myself there? Did yeah. I save a bullet there? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was awful. I know, I know Roma have got some injuries and I know I know that Roma and Lazio haven't had a particularly great start to the season. So a point for both of them is probably is fine. Um, mm. It was a horrible game. Not a good advert. Yeah, um, I kind of miss the days though of Zeman jumping into the fountain in his underwear <laughs> after yeah. after a derby. So yeah, well, that's never going to happen. And I think um, am I not, am I wrong in saying this game was also on whilst City were drawing four four with Chelsea? That, mm, yes. So who's going to watch this? No one. That's a nice. That's a very nice way of just completely debasing Italian football, but rightly so. Yeah. You're not, yeah. you're not though, are you? Like, you know, you're not. You, you watch Cagliari Frosinone. That's a game. That that's a mate, game. mate, mate, mate. I have to say, sometimes some of the best games are like Syria B. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just, can get on Rice Sport if you watch a, a Syria B game on Rice Sport. They are brilliant. Yeah, yeah. absolutely at, brilliant. At, at each other's throats. There's no, yeah. no, there's tactical. They're just. On it, and they're it's, just on it. They're just it's proper like lump territory. I love and it. That, and then um, Pinter uh, winning two 0 against Rosanoni. Yeah. Um, uh, look, I know there's a loads of debate around it. It's a great goal. Let's just let's just say it he it shinned is. it. It's a great goal. It, no, right, he shinned it. I'm not having it. He sh- he's absolutely shanked that. <laughs> there's no way he has hit the ball like that. Okay. 
the, the no, he's he's shanked that. I don't care. Come at me, Inter fans. You you won't be even listening to this. Piss off. No, I don't care. He's shanked it. It's, Sorry. It's the delusion. That's what I love. I just literally I can't get enough of it. He definitely wasn't trying to cross. He's definitely <laughs> trying to shoot. This he looks up and then he looks down and then he looks up again and then he looks again and then he hits it. He's, All right. Yeah. Okay. That mate. ball <laughs> has bobbled right on his front stride. That's why it travels the way it travels. If you play football long enough, you know what happens for a ball to fly like that. You've shanked it. You've not meant to do it. Good God. It, oh. it, it looks good on camera. He it looks, am- it, mate, it looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks he, ridiculous. DeMarco's, he, you know, when you're in that kind of form and everything's going your way, yeah. these are the sorts of goals you're going to score. And it, it, pray to God, he does something like that for the next two Italy games. Well, this is when it all this is when it all disappears, though, isn't it? All the yeah. Italian players disappear when you need them. Yeah. Anyway, so Inter uh, obviously just you know uh, second goal comes from a hackham penalty. This club and penalties, my word, they took to us yeah. at the beginning of the season. Yeah, it's a penalty talk about game. us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're now called Pinter. Uh, Pinter. Pinter. <laughs> I like that. I actually, you know, when you said that before, I thought, is he all right? Do I need to call an ambulance? But no, I don't. <laughs> no, no, the, the Pinter Eastie um, should be should be happy with that. Um, and just to recap the table, so Inter sit top uh, 31 points. Juve uh, second on 29. Milan still third, thanks to our rivals below us not winning, really. Um, yeah. On 23 points, so six point gap on Juve, eight on Inter, Napoli in fourth on 21, mm-hmm. Atalanta in fifth on 20, um, Fiorentina in sixth with 20 as well. Then you've got Roma and Bologna both on 18, Monza and Lazio on 17. So, Gino, it's uncomfortable because the difference between us and 10th is six points now. Mm-hmm. Uh, have I read that right? 20, yeah, six points. So, the great work we did at the beginning of the season a little bit undone in this in this last month really yeah and and it's and it's one of those things where look i think the international breaks probably come at the best possible time because we need to recover the players but it comes back to the three questions that i was saying before the pioli question number 1 number 2 the 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 tactics of it all really, the way we play and how we're dealing with things. And number three, the injuries. If these are going to be all consistent issues and consistent problems, we will not finish top four. We just won't. And I think we actually have to be prepared about that. And that's actually what I think I was trying to to say in the last pod with you when I was looking at all the Pioli stats and just say, look, we've got to be realistic. And... The, the, the excitement and the positivity that I was feeling um, at the start of the season and when we did our first, you know, when, when, when you asked me onto the podcast for the first time, that's really disappeared because we're not performing. Mm. And, you know, my, my, my question to you, my question to all Milan fans is, you know, we can't affect any change where we are. So... What do we do about it? How how do we best control kind of um, our expectations? Okay. Do we basically say, look, we're a top six team? 
so at least it kind of give us Europe in a sense. Um, is it that we engage less with idiots on on X or whatever other platforms, Truth Social, <laughs> or whatever it is? Yeah, yeah. Uh, are there certain commentators who we just need to mute and block? You know, do we just watch the matches and just go, ah, it is what it is? Because I think that's what I'm starting to realize just about fan fandom, really, of our clubs. We and we love our clubs, but we just don't like the way it's kind of working, and we don't have the system where it's kind of, you know, you get to vote on on certain strategies or certain things like you do with the German leagues, for example, you know, there are club votes. So we don't have any of that. So really what I'm, what I, what I want to try and understand a bit better from yourself and, and from, from Milan fans is, you know, kind of what, what do we do? Do we just kind of sit pray or actually, is there a sense of hope that we go, do you know what? Okafor is probably going to be playing a little bit more. Uh, Chukawuze might come into it and start to fit in better. And he's, and maybe it's just his first season jitters and second season is going to be amazing. Is it that we actually get rid of a bit more chaff in the winter window, in the January window, uh, into the new year, you know, to the new season? Is it that we actually are already lining up the next best coach and Pioli's this kind of stopgap? And like I said before, I think Pioli's like our Brendan Rodgers moment, the way that Liverpool had their Brendan Rodgers moment before having Jurgen Klopp. You know, are we getting the next kind of Jurgen Klopp? And who is that person and what does that look like? So I think there's right now just more questions than answers. Um, and I am deeply concerned about our strategy in terms of dealing with Pioli, dealing with the tactics and dealing with the injuries. I think those are the three big questions. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. And then it's a, it, they, they, those are questions that we, we will ask ourselves in repetition, I think. Um, especially if we carry on in a bad form. So, looking at the next few games, um, if if we if we were to lose against Fiorentina, let's just say the worst happens, they catch us up. So they're both then we're both on twenty three points. Mm -hmm. We have a little bit of luck in that Napoli actually play Atalanta next. Yes. Um, so that's quite lucky. Roma go to Udinese. You know they're not going to catch us even if we lost this this game anyway. So look, let, let's let's hope. Let's let's cross our fingers and our toes. Let's hope it's a bad month. Um, let's hope we can move on. Let's hope we see more of the PSG game and less of the Lecce and Udinese games. Um, am I 100% convinced in what I'm saying? Not really. Um, mm. but, but we're Milan fans and we will always support Milan regardless. Yes, um, always. So, always, always. Always, always. So Always. Right. Okay, I've got two questions for you from the listeners. Um, Go on. And then we'll finish on our bottle daddy and Canoli. So let me just bring them up. Um, he says, where are they? Here we are. So um, I've got first question from Lab Gorilla um, at Gorilla Strong. So hopefully by the time you guys record, we will know how long Giroud is suspended. Okafor left wing, Jovic up top and Pulisic on the right. That's the purely way. Are there any players that you would recall as we can't keep going with this BS? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I sent you, I think, my preferred starting lineup, didn't I? Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Uh, uh, I mean, what do you reckon? Would you would you recall anyone? Is it would it look different to those three that Lab Grill has mentioned? I mean, yeah, the 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 lad from Monza, the one lad who's at Monza, um, Colombo, yeah, yeah, Colombo, would be the only one I'd recall. Yeah, I'd, I would as well. He's he's, um, really, he's on fire. He's on fire. I I sent you what I would 
put as my four uh four two three one. Mm-hmm. Okay, Manyan, Teo Tomori, Theo, Calabria, Florenzi. Florenzi, I mean, if he gets suspended, that's out the window. Um, Adley, <laughs> Reinders. All right, we've got a little bit of an issue there in terms of defense. You know, you'd rather have Benacer there. Um, but you know, lay out Pulisic, Loftus Cheek, Chukawuze, and then Giru and Okafor uh, up top. That'd be my four-two-three-one. Now, that being said, with the injuries and the kind of ways that the clubs go in, I, I'd be recalling Colombo. He'd be the only one I'd be recalling. But I would be sticking to a four-two-three-one. I wouldn't be going into a four-three-three attack, and I'd be trying to figure out somebody like Pobega to have that holding sitting midfielder. You know. When we when we have got our three goal cushion, perfect. Krunic shouldn't see the pitch again, for me. Yeah, yeah. For me, I, the three he's put up top here. I don't. I hoped Jovic would be something, but but he's just not turning into that person. Um, he has had some game time, but he's just been so ineffective. Y- 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 Jovic doesn't know where he's playing. No, I, I, he he just hasn't got going for me. I I. I'd go with Pulisic on the left, actually. Uh, I'd stick Okafor top, and I'd put Chukwueze on the right. And like you, I'd go to the four. I'd go back to the formation we were playing. Um, in an ideal world, Ruben off his cheek would sit behind those guys, and then you'd have yeah. what you said, Adley Reinders, whatever. I mean, you um, could do a four-two-one-two-one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, interchange it that way. But you, you kind of get that diamond shape or that little triangle shape in the middle of the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, again, it, it's not... Um, I just think we, you, you play to the strengths of the squad that you have. And the squad that we have, if it's set up right, is the kind of threatening, counter-attacking team that is actually quite exciting. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. young, it's pacey. It's kind of got a, a a weird edge to it when it's firing on all cylinders. It's when it finds itself having to defend that it gets really worried. I yeah, it's it's yeah. it's almost it's almost like that Milan side of ninety I wanna say ninety six, ninety six, ninety seven, or ninety five, ninety six, when we bought um the striker ended up bloody crashing his car. But as you know, we bought brought in some incredible players. You know, Weya being one of them. And we we just turned into under Capello. We just turned into this really antagonistic, like fast counter attacking team. And we were just having a laugh. We just just you know, it reminds me of that. But it's just. Getting it to work. Yeah, we're not we're not clinical enough. We don't finish no. enough chances. And it like you've like we've said, it's all good going ahead. It's all good running up. It's all good with the high pressure. If you're not clinical enough, you won't score enough goals. But then you'll leave all the space for the other team to score. Um, Which is why you need somebody like a Colombo or Jesus. You know, you need Giru and Okafor to be you know banging yeah. fifteen twenty goals each. You see, you know. And Liao and Hernandez to start banging in, you know, 10, 15 goals each as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, you, you, you know, you, your, your 
you should you know we should be scoring over a hundred. <laughs> it sounds daft, but you know what I mean. It's like you you've almost kind of got to put yourself in that position where you're scoring three, four, five a game. Yeah, yeah, you do. You're absolutely right. Otherwise, it doesn't work. No, and you need to change it. Um, last question from Milan Gladiator: uh, You think Conte or Zidane will coach Milan? If I'm honest, I don't think either will end up coaching Milan. Um, what do you think? I don't think Conte will. But Zidane? I think Zidane's a really interesting prospect. Only, And I'm only saying this because I don't think he'll ever get the Juve job. I think it's the job he wants. But I think he wants to manage in Italy before taking on the France job. Um, I think if he applied his style of football into the Italian game, the style of football which which he did with Real, um, with our kind of team, that could be really exciting. The likelihood of it, of, of likelihood of it happening, I'd say, is less than twenty percent. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you're right. It would be great to see him, especially with what he did with Real Madrid. He did mm. obviously have absolute world class talent. Um, yeah. But the probability for me is what's what's low. If they, if they won't get rid of Pioli for whatever reason, for whatever price, I can't see them going to spend this money on Zidane. My, 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 my question to the, to the listeners would be realistically, okay, realistically, out of who's available. And who will be available at the end of the season? Who would you have? Yeah, yeah, and, it, and it's a difficult one because now that Napoli, we've seen, I've got Mazzarian instead of Garcia. It's got the rhetoric is now. Well, thank God we haven't got, we haven't done that because otherwise we'd be in trouble. Um, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'd say, I'd say, look, you know, you're saying to me, I'll, uh, you. Know, De Laurentiis was ready, willing to go with Tudor if Tudor was going to accept the seven months. Yeah, exactly. And and don't forget, Igor Tudor was the was the reason why Pirlo looked half decent at Juve. Pirlo wasn't managing that team. That was Tudor. P Tudor was the only one that's got the qualifications to manage a team. And we've seen how bad Pirlo is as a manager. Yeah, He's absolutely. not a good manager. So... You know, I, it's just it, it just reeks to me that actually Tudor is this real dark horse of a manager that I do think could potentially be on that list for Milan. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, well, he's there, isn't he? He's free. He's free. He's available. I don't think Cannavaro's the right kind of manager for us, and I think Cannavaro really wants some sort of role at, at Naples. He's not going to get the role at Naples. Um, I think he's going to be better suited to some sort of like ambassador role for Italy, you know, a la Gigi Buffon. Um, but that that would be too many personalities there right now because Spalletti's a big personality, so that's not going to happen. Um, you know, but really, here's the question for me to to the to, to the listeners: realistically, who would you have? Realistically, you're not going to get Ancelotti. You know, people are talking about. I mean, like almost, um, what's his name? The guy at Aston Villa right now, Unai Emery. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's he's not going to leave Aston Villa. He's he's having a whale of a time there. Um, th there are managers in the Spanish league, but I 
I don't know if that would work. Um, that being said, you know, I've obviously just spoken about uh, Zidane. Don't think Zidane's going to do it. So it's it's a really it's a really important question. I'd love to see an Italian manager. That uh, what's uh, you've just said? You said his name before. The Monza coach, Palladino. I think what he's doing at Monza, bloody hell. Now, would it be the step too far and too soon? Potentially, but I think Paladi. I think, I think if Berlusconi noticed you, right, there's something about you, because you can say what you want about that. You know, the former president. It, he had a way of spotting talent. You know, he did it. He did it with Ancelotti. He yeah. did it. He's done it with other managers. He did, and he did it all throughout his business career. You know, he knew when to spot the talent. I think there's something, I think that Palladino has got something in him in as much as, I think, you know, um, Italiano at Fiorentina. But he looks like he's lined up for already the Juve spot from what I see. So, yeah, he's a former Juve player, isn't he? Yeah. So, so. right. I think we're running out of time. So we have. Let, let's end it there. Um, Go on. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, it's been, a, again, another pleasure to record with Gina, as per usual. Um, big old episode, lots we've talked, we've covered a lot of ground. Um, so, look, um, I, I'm not recording next week. I'm going to take the week for the international break, and we'll be back the week after. I'll ping you a message, Gina, if you're around. Um, you can follow me on X at Lombardia Max, capital L, capital M. You can follow me on Instagram at Maxi Lombardia, or you can follow my, or you can, sorry, subscribe to my YouTube channel uh, at Maxi Lombardia. So, uh, Gino, plug away. Yeah, uh, you can find me on X at Gino de Blas and uh, Instagram as well. And you can, uh, well, pretty much all socials. I think I've just got the same handle. And uh, I've got a, a sub stack out, it's free. It's it's literally just me writing in my unique way. So um, it's quick stories. You'll be done it before you finish your espresso. So uh, just go on to my X, find the link, click on it and just subscribe. Thank you. Thank cheers, you. Max. You've thank been great you. as ever. Thank you. Cheers, Gino. And Forza Milan, guys. Thank you very much. <laughs>